0: Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So, Pastor Stephen asked me to fill in for him because of the collide this weekend. He had a full plate, so I said, no problem, okay, I can do that. Um, uh, I started to say, that's what he gets for picking on me, see, now I'm, now I'm preaching, you know, I'm Keep on with it, you know? I mean, we could revoke some stuff. I don't know. Might could be some... I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Wow, that's terrible. So, anyway... That's what he gets for messing with me, anyway. But um, no, he had a very big weekend. Asked me, "Could I preach?" And so he wanted me to talk about how to love others and you know find your people. Love other people. find your, Find your people. Love your neighbor. And um, so the funny thing is, in the nineties, that big that Taco Bell commercial was a hit. Everybody loved it. If you hadn't seen it before, see what you missed out on. And uh but everybody was the whole thing was I love Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. And for us as teenagers in the nineties, man, we had to car you know getting a set of license. You know, bro, listen. The reason I love Taco Bell is because it's cheap. Like, I lived off of Taco Bell, like, consistently. I mean, it was, until I got to college, I thought it was bad until I got to college, and I lived off of ramen noodles. I mean, it was, you know, thank God those days, it's just a, a luxury now. If I want to eat a ramen noodle, I can. I don't have to. But um the Taco Bell thing, it's funny how we say things like, I love certain things, you know, like, I love Taco Bell, I love cheeseburgers, I love chocolate, whatever. But then, if we talk about we love our neighbor... Isn't it funny how we use those words interchangeable? Like, and you talk to other cultures in different languages and they will look at you like, I don't get it. Because they have different words that express the word love, whereas we don't. We use love and you're just supposed to know what we're talking about. I love my wife. I love Reese's cups. Like the same? Like, for other they look at you and go like, I don't understand. Because we just expect people to understand our, 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 our definitions. But the thing about love is if you didn't grow up with a good understanding of how love works and what love really is, it can be difficult to wrap your mind around it. I know, like, for instance, you know, if you had a difficult relationship, you know, maybe your marriage or things like that just didn't work out the way you thought. And your view of God is based on a relationship that didn't work out. It's, it's very difficult to how do you relate to a God who says he loves you when other people disappoint you. Or maybe you had a friend who betrayed you. A close friend, someone that you loved and cared about and they just betrayed you. And your relationship with that friend is tainted and so now it's hard to look at God because you think, well, will he betray me too? Or maybe a coworker, you know, you work with, you worked really hard on the business deal, you put the package together, had it ready to go, and they stole it from you, the idea, and they pitched it and got the, got the, you know, promotion and got the the client. You know, and you're looking at those like, well, he's my friend, like I thought. All these, we all deal with all these kind of interactions, you know, and the problem with it is, is it's hard to relate to God when all these disappointments happen in life with humans and we're supposed to look at God and he's supposed to just love you. And the funny thing is we say things like, we love this, we love that. And then we say, we also love God. And I'll tell you this much, whatever you see that is painful and hurtful, it involves people. The best you can say about us, it, it, there are some of us, yeah, we do good things. But it, it, you leave us alone long enough. I mean, when people crash planes, they turn into cannibals. I mean, it, if they're alone long enough, people do weird stuff, man. You know, look at your neighbor right now and say, I don't know if I want to be alone with you too long. if uh just want to make sure I'm not in a plane crash with you. I don't know. I remember watching that movie when I was younger and thinking, man, this is crazy. It was a movie called Alive. Do you remember that? Nuts, man. I watched that thinking, this has got to be fake. There was no internet when I was a kid, so, and hard to believe for you guys, but there was no internet, you know. There also was no, well, we had bag phones, but there was no, you didn't, anyway, funny. It's like an old man, you know, like, oh, we, there wasn't. Uh, so, I remember watching that movie for the first time thinking, how is it possible, why would you do something like that? But it's because when you get in a situation far enough, humans do weird stuff, man. And the funny thing is, I play that Taco Bell commercial. I guarantee you, they'll probably flag me on YouTube or internet or something for that, for playing, oh, yo, church played the Taco Bell. But yet, all the most vile things in the world will get put on social media every single day. And they'll flag me for putting the Taco Bell commercial up. Taco Bell, you're welcome. Everybody here will probably go and get a Brito today, you know. (laughs) But the question is, if I'm having a difficult enough time to understand how to love God, how am I supposed to love other people when they're the ones that hurt me? I mean, how do I love others? How can I love others, pe- other people? And our culture it doesn't define love the way it's in the Bible. Like I said, I love Taco Bell. I love cheeseburgers. I love my spouse. Well, it, how does that work? So well, this is what Jesus said. John 13, 34 says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. I want you to love one another just as I have loved you. So here's your example. Here's your, um, the playbook, if you will. But he says, I'm giving you a new commandment, love one another, just as I've loved you. You should love one another. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so we see things like Valentine's day, Hallmark movies, Hallmark cards, flowers, etc. Is that love? Is that, I mean, is that what love is? Like on February, the month of February, man, chocolates and flowers and roses and all that stuff gets dispersed everywhere. And so that, well, we love people, so that's why we do it. Is that real love? And the funny thing is, when I look at this, as a believer, you have to take from a believer standpoint. If you're not a believer, then it's hard. But as a Christian, I have to go to God's word to understand what love is, and this is from the Lexham Theological uh, Workbook. It's like it's like a big, you know, commentary, things like that. But anyway, they say the Scripture offers an understanding of the source, character, and the value of love based on the nature and actions of God. Okay, and we'll say it again. I put it on the screen for you. Actually, the s- Scripture we're talking about God's word because we're believers. So, what do we what do we put the most value on in our life? It's God's word. Now we don't always follow it. Let's just get be real, right? Can I get amen, right? Do we always follow God's word? No, we don't because we're human. Leave humans alone long enough and weird stuff happens. But if we would live by his word, things get better for us. Okay. Scripture offers an understanding of the source, the character and the value of love based on the nature and actions of God. So we're going to go to God's word today to see how did Jesus love? If he told me to love others. And listen, think about the group that was with him. I mean, this isn't like your favorite friends that are just nice to you all the time. This isn't like people who bought you coffee in the line at Starbucks or, you know, they took you out. to. This isn't the kind of people that they're just nice to you all the time. You never have any issues. They're easygoing. That weren't, that was not the people around Jesus. He had Judas. How would you like that one for a friend? Stole from him all the time, betrayed him finally in the end. Peter, his best buddy, I'm with you, Jesus, till the end, denies him, cusses out a little teenager at the fire pit. I don't know him. How would these are the people he had to hang out with? And he us, tell he tells us, I want you to love like I love you. So the example is, if he had to deal with a Judas, a Peter, and all these guys, you, you and I shouldn't think we're getting off the hook. You know, I can't believe they did that to me. Well, look what they did to Jesus. You're not going to get off that easy. Well, here's the, here's the thing I want to say first. First of all, God is the source of love. God is the source of love. That butterfly feeling you have when you was dating somebody, that butterfly feeling, you go, oh, he looking good or she's fine. Um, That's not love. That's called emotion. True love isn't based on emotion. And so we're going to see as we go on. Listen, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures, okay? And I'm going to put these on the screen, just write them down, but I want to show you something just real quick from this. God is a source of love. 1 John 4, 7, I'm going to put them up on there for you. There you go. So, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from who? God. Now, this is John writing, and most of these, I think, there's John, John, we got one, a couple from Apostle Paul. John, probably, as his own definition, he understood the love of God more than others, based on what he said. He's not being arrogant, I don't think. I just, you know, that's his thing, okay? He says love comes from God. John 4, verse 16. First John 4, verse 16. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. Watch this. Who is love? God is love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. So love comes from God. God is love. Now listen to what Paul says. I told you, I'm putting them on there quick. You just got to write them down. All right. Romans 5, 5, the New King James says it this way. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been watched, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So God is love. Love comes from God. God is love. And then the Holy Spirit has poured out his love in your heart. So far, it has not come from Cupid. So far, that girl you was looking at, I was like, whoa oh, man, she's looking, oh, I'm gonna ask her out. That is not, that's not, there's nothing in here about the girl you was looking at yesterday. Oh man, she. Was, I wish I got her number. There's nothing in here about those feelings. Oh, my little puppy dog, he's so good, I love him. There's nothing in here about your dog. And of course, there will be nothing in here about your silly cat. And I have one now, so it's just, believe me, it's a thorn in the flesh, okay? I do it for my kids. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Paul, again, says Romans 8, 39. Watch this. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Watch this. It's revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. So I want you to hear this again. God, love comes from God. God is love. The Holy Spirit's poured out his love in your heart. The Holy Spirit did this. And then he says to us that the love of God is revealed by Jesus Christ our Lord. The whole Trinity is expressed right here. If you want to know how to love, the only way you will find it out is by God's Word. You cannot figure it out by, oh man, you know, they love me. That is not how you base love. Oh, I think they love me. I don't know. You're doing the whole thing like, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. You're just, it's a flip of a coin. Who wants to have relationships like that? And only a believer can truly trust the love of Christ but even then, this is the thing that blows my mind in Ephesians. I'm going to read this to you. I'll put it on the screen for you. Watch what Paul says now about the love of Christ. He tells us God is love. Love came from God. Jesus is how you revealed love is through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is poured out His love in your heart. But but then he says this in Ephesians chapter three and verse fourteen. When I think of all these things, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in the heaven and earth. And I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he would empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And watch this, guys. Come on. Watch this. May you know or may you have the power to understand. As all God's people should. So, so let's just stop for a moment. With it. He's saying we should be able to do this. But where does it come from? Well, it's coming straight from the heaven. From God. You cannot understand God's love or how much He loves you without going to Him. But He says we ought to be able to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, How deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ. Not the broken relationship. Not the friend that went south. Not the coworker that used you. But the love of God. Might you understand how much he loves you. And then he says, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. He says, I want you to know all this love. The depth, the width, the height. But then he says, but it's too great for you to understand. But I want you to understand it, like all God's people should, but it's going to be too much for you to understand. Isn't it true, if I were to sit down and ask any one of you right now, could you please express to me how great the Father's love is for you? You could try. But the moment you think you have him figured out is the moment when he, as Gary was saying a while ago, the mercy and the grace of God, when you remember when things go south and you make mistakes and that forgiveness is present, then you remember again how great the Father's love is towards us. How great His mercy is towards us. We should all be able to understand this, but Paul says it's greater than you're ever going to be able to understand. So first of all, if you don't know how to love people, you've got to understand it comes from God. Love comes from God. God is love. God has poured out the, ho- the love of God in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And it's revealed through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as much as you think you might know about it, he's saying it's even deeper still. So when it comes to relationships, please don't base your love of God on who you know, how they live with you, how they you know, relate to you, your friends, coworkers. Especially, please don't relate to what people give you on social media. Please don't build your love and understanding of God's love on something off the internet. So, this spurs this next thought. If God is love, and if he has poured out his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and love is revealed to us by Jesus Christ our Lord, if he is all these things, then people go, well, How can a God that's so full of love and mercy display some of the actions that he displayed in the Old Testament? How can he send a flood? How can he reduce Egypt's armies to just fish food? (laughs) I mean, you know, how can he do Sodom and Gomorrah? Why, how, and what? All I will do is just display one thing to you right now as a parent. If you're not a parent right now, one day if you have, it's called a child, and they just show up. It's a magnificent and wonderful thing, but it will wreck you. First of all, I'm glad that my kids were at all those people's houses because they ate all your food this weekend. That was a bonus. I'm just going to tell you right now. I looked around the fridge and I thought, there's all kinds of stuff here this weekend. Honey. I mean, I felt like I was just, you know, like a buffet. But it'll wreck you. And I don't mean in a bad way. I mean, it'll wreck you because this person that is a part of you it does something to your heart in a way that can only relate to god's love as a father because you'll do stuff for them it's crazy how it wrecks you i mean just it just does and people say well how can a loving god do some of the things that he does let me just do one thing out to you if you're a parent Let somebody mess with your kid. And don't tell me, don't you give me this baloney sandwich with cheese that Christians tell me, I just gotta walk in love. You mess with my kid, I walk in love when I get done. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not playing, and you know as well as I do, you do the same thing. Somebody busts your door down and comes after your family. Listen, all bets are off. I'll pray for you as you're heading out, but Am I right or am I? If, if, can I just ask all the dads in this room right now? You might be a quiet man, but I'm telling you, if somebody mess with your babies, will you not react? Would you just stand there and pray, oh God, protect them? You would react, would you not? He is no different. People have these ideas that God is just supposed to sit back and let everything go. It's not true. Because if you understand real love. Real love will sometimes step in and protect that which it loves. It didn't always give everything to him either. Love, it's a unique thing. It's not just flowers and chocolates. Love is not an emotion, it is a it is a standard. It is it is God Himself. So if you want to know how love is, understand who God is. Second thing I want to think about this. So if if God is love and love comes from God, what does God what does love do? Well, love gives. This is an expression, and and I want you to see this from the the ideas that we have as humans. Love gives. And if you don't believe this, let's go back to that little thing that you have called a child that has shown up in your life and been around your life, or even as a grandparent. Let's put that out there, because from what all the grandparents told me, it's even deeper as a grandparent. Can I get an amen from any of the grandparents? Is that true? Apparently, you love your grandkids more than you love your children. That's what everybody says. That's I've been told things like, grandkids are like the, the blessing for not killing your regular kids. Like, it's just... All these things, man, my grandkids, they, you just it's crazy. what I've, I've watched people with grand. like it's nuts what you do. And if it was your children, you would never do what you do for your grandkids. But you don't care. Why? Because they don't live in your house. They can send them home. It doesn't matter. You love them, you spoil them, and it's just the way it is. And that's cool, man. I can't relate because I have grandkids. But I have seen this happen in my own life, and you have too. If you don't think love gives, just go to the fair with your little one. And see how long you can hold out before you give them something. Dad, can I get a candy apple? No, we're not doing candy apples today. No, we ain't spending a lot of money on stupid candy apple. You know, I mean, look at that guy I've been making those candy apples. That's so gross. (laughs) Hey, I'm not buying that from him anyway. But they keep on, and then an hour later, after you've done a couple of twirly-whirlies, you know, kind of rides, and you're like, oh, man, and the kid says, Dad, can I please get a candy apple? In a funny how, just a little bit of time, you you'll do it. And don't look at me like, no, I won't do it. I, you, you're probably the worst one in the group. you buy buying them candy apples, popcorn, a teddy bear, trying to win the thing at the bottle toss. You know, you're going to spend $50 for that stupid thing from Timu. It ain't worth $5. You could have got the thing. And you keep throwing that bottle for it. Why? For the child. Because you love the child. So what are you going to do? You're going to give them things. Now, as they get older, what do you do? You want to give them stuff, but you don't give them things that's going to hurt them. Just because you can give them a 600 horsepower like muscle car doesn't mean you do. Love doesn't. Why? Because you know what you did when you were 16. I mean, I burnt valves out of a four-cylinder. I can tell you what a 16-year-old boy will do. Don't give them something with 600 horsepower. You need something with like a four-cylinder with a burnt valve that just won't halfway run. As long as it's got brakes, that's the most important thing. Get him in a slow lane where he gets a ticket for that. That'll do him some good, you know? You give because you love them. And you hold off on some things because you love them. And when you give things, look, when your kids want things, we all do this, you give and eventually we say this, what did you do? Well, I just gave in. Love gives. Now, you don't need to give out of pressure and those kind of things, but out of true love. God is a source of love, and because he's love, he gives. And a scripture that you probably are thinking of, and maybe have for God so loved the world, John 3 says, for God so loved the world, what did he do? He decided he would make sure that you had a Bible. Nothing wrong with the Bible. It's important. We need the Bible to understand who God is. But what did he do? Well, you know, he decided he'd give you the Ten Commandments. Well, he did. That's not the greatest display of his love. For God so loved the world, even before the foundation of the world began, he gave Jesus to us. He loved, so he gave. That's what the scripture says in John three sixteen, and And I'll give, just quote it at Romans 5, 8. He showed his great love. How did he show his love? By sending Christ, by giving Jesus. That's how he shows you how much he loves you. Because he gave. You can't display it. Well, he don't answer my prayer. Stop it. Because listen, he's not obligated to answer every prayer that you pray. My little nine-year-old wants, you know, all she wants is Sugar. I'm not obligated to fulfill her desire. I'm a daddy. and I know what's better for her. And listen, it stinks trying to get her to eat vegetables right now. She doesn't like vegetables. All she likes is like steak. She likes steak. And can we get more steak? And that's really her favorite thing is meat. Like uh, nothing else. And bread. Meat and bread. As long as she's got that, she'll eat just fine. But if you don't, she wants sugar. As a daddy, I can't. I know she gets older. I can't keep... She has to have regular food. Good food. God's not obligated to give in to every prayer that we pray. Oh, God, I want this job. Well, okay. That don't mean you should have it. What if God knows best? I mean, Garth wrote the song, I Thank God for Unanswered Prayer. Garth Brooks was like this country singer. He was like really popular. Like... I know y'all heard Taylor Swift, but he was like at one time bigger than her. Probably still is, just don't know it, but Google that. It's Garth Brooks. He's big. I'm I'm sorry, man. They're so tired. I had to just pick on them. So so he shows his great love for us by sending Christ. And then watch this, Matthew 5.45. This is crazy to me. You want to see the love of God? Watch this. Matthew 5.45. For God gives. He gives his sunlight to both the evil and to the good. This is tough right here, is it not? Because you live for the Lord, you think you love God, and you think you worship God, and you came to church today, so you think you have an upper hand. You don't. For God so loved Christians, he gave Jesus. That is not what the scripture says. For God so loved the... Even in our sin, he still sent... Because he loved the world. Before the foundations of the world were ever formed... The scriptures declare that Jesus made the decision in heaven then. He made the decision that he would die on the cross for us for sin. And so it's hard to understand this, but both the evil and the good get sunlight, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. And you think it's not fair. Good and evil is one thing, but when it says just and unjust, that means some people doing some really bad stuff. People that steal and you take advantage of you, do your wrong, betray you, etc. But go worse than that. Let's go worse than that. The stuff that's happening in the Middle East, what you've seen over there. The most ungodly and awful things you see. It's awful what humanity can do when they're left alone long enough. But the rain still comes from heaven for both the just and the unjust. It's easier to follow God, do what he says, follow him. But I'm just saying it falls on both. And nature is a beautiful gift from God. Uh, The weather, the ability to benefit your life, plant things, grow things, etc., etc. But what we do with what we're given, that's a whole other message for another time. God still gives the ability for people. That's why when you look at stuff, this is why you can't get on these little things that we do sometimes. Well, it's not fair. That person, watch this, they don't love Jesus, they don't go to church, they're not a Christian, and look how successful they are. Who cares? The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Jesus actually says that the unrighteous are more wise than the, than the righteous at many times. They actually know how to do things better than we do sometimes because we sit around going, oh God, why don't you help me? Oh God, well sometimes you got to do stuff for yourself too. He don't uh, with my kids, right? They can clean their rooms. I'm not cleaning it. I'm gonna go in there and throw like napalm if if I have to before it's over. With one of them. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? I might lose you in here. Like this has got to change. Anybody else have a teenager beside me? Like, I mean, I love y'all, but I ain't gonna tell you which one it is. But you can figure it out. I bet. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. But it's like stuff. I mean, you the idea is what? When you when you look at the the things around you and you say it's not fair, you're saying that, well, God doesn't love me. My kids do that at times, we do that at times. You know, if I take one of them with me, you know, the older one's in here. If we go to Starbucks and I get her something from Starbucks, if I come back, I guarantee you, the little one. Where's my, why didn't you get me something? And the first thing, it's not. Does that mean I don't love her? I love her deeply. And just because I didn't get her a cake pop has no reflection whatsoever <laughs> on the depths of my love for her. But in her little eyes, she thinks daddy just just don't love her. I'm just, man, I'm not fair. How could I give that and over there a coffee and won't give me a cake pop? She equates, watch this. What she gets with how much love and favor she has with me. Not realizing she has an unending amount of favor and love from me. And don't base my relationship on you on a cake pop. But as Christians, I'm telling you, is it not true that we do it? Somebody else got that and I didn't. Why didn't God? You can't base your relationship on things like that. He loved because he was willing to love. He gave and he asks us, Jesus says, to exemplify the same love. So again, how do we love others? I'm going to put a couple of words up for you on the screen as we wrap up today. Some of these are going to be hard to see, some are not. But if Jesus asks us to love other people the way that he loves you, I'm going to put up some, some, some names and I'm going to ask you a question. Can, do you love them? Okay. Here's the first one here. Let's see what this one is. A coworker. How do you feel about that coworker you have in your life right now? Do you love them? How about this next one? Maybe you're in here and you don't have kids, but you have parents. Because if you're in here, you have parents. No matter what they tell you today, <laughs> it happens through a man and a woman. Marriage and all that stuff. Sometimes not. You don't just show up. It is a normal biological thing that you can't fix or change. It is just natural. It happens. You're here because you have parents. I don't have parents. (laughs) You do have parents. Don't care what you think. You have parents. But do you love them? How about this one? The person who betrayed you. Some are hard, some are going easy. Do you love them? Like they really did you wrong? They burned you bad. Do you love them? Just be honest with yourself. Don't be honest with me. You don't have to answer. Just be honest. I ain't gonna lie. I'd, be, I'd struggle with that. That'd be a. That'd be, a, you know, walk to around the mountain. I think with some prayer. <laughs> How about this one? Your sibling. Brother, sister, stepbrother, stepsister. I grew up in a house, I have numerous, like I don't even know, I think I I, I may have more than I know, <laughs> but I have numerous brothers, sisters, and those kind of things. And, um, you know, do you love them? We talk occasionally, I don't see them very much, but do you love them? Is there because of Things that went on in your family, the dynamic between them—is there such strife between it because it will happen in your home, but really has, maybe it has nothing to do with your sibling? What if they feeling the same as you because of situation? You see what I'm saying? Do you love them? I could preach on every one of these. I don't have time. How about this one? It's it quiet down south when you do this. You know, not everything you see on TV is what's what. Now, there's some crazy stuff. Don't get me wrong. Because love protects. So you don't have to let anybody in any time. That's ridiculous. There's a process. Okay? Do the process. Follow the stuff. But I can tell you from experience. So my birthday was uh, Friday, Friday. Friday. And so... Uh, I wanted to, oh gracias, thank you. Um, oh sorry, I was just so I wanted to show you this but I'm waiting until the next week or two because um I didn't wanna I didn't want to own social media but uh or the internet or anything until I got the other one for sure. But you know, Pastor Victor and Amy who have been serving our church faithfully since two thousand and nine. I don't know if any of you remember this, we started years ago. The process of getting them religious visas, so they could be pastors, not just because they are anointed by God, you won't need the state to give us anything, we have a greater authority, which is God, but to do it right, to do it the right way, which is what they did numerous times over and spent tens of thousands of dollars of their own money, it took us from was it oh nine, Gary, 10? On my birthday, the best birthday gift I have ever, I think, been... I told Haley, of all the years we've been here, and y'all know we're, we're moving to Scott. It's a whole nother thing I'm thinking about now. So, but of all the things that I've seen at our church, this one, uh, numerous things. Salvation's not... I'm not talking about people getting saved. Of course, that's the most important thing. But of things that I've seen happen, uh, Amy got her citizenship on my birthday. <laughs> like... How many, so it's been going like a long time. It was hard and it was, our process is really messed up in America. I get it. And I don't have time to preach on this. I could, but next week, Pastor Victor is getting his. And so I'm like, <laughs> of all the things, man, that, that, there's a few things in my, in our life of being here, but I have to tell you, that right there, like just melts my heart. Because And now we're seeing on the other side, because Haley and I, you know, what we're looking at now with Scotland is all of a sudden now uh, we're going to be immigrants. See, it's a different feeling when you are one versus when you're not one. And I'll tell you something else about that whole immigration and visa thing. It's very expensive doing it right. I mean, it's it's super pricey. Love, do it the right way. Love would protect. Love says, we're not letting people in just because they want to get, come in. Love wouldn't do that. Love says, no. There's a price. I need to know who you are. You just let anybody in your house? No. I need to know you before I let you around my children. Jesus even said, let, you know, we should know them that labor among us. But at the same time, my question is not about policy on immigration. Is do you love them? I'm not talking about the, The evil people that's in the group, I'm saying, do you love the immigrant? Because God tells us, look in Scripture, there's only a few things that he says he will watch over. Widows, orphans, and the foreigner. Better watch what you think about it. I'm not saying the policy. Fix the policy. I'm saying, do you love the immigrant? Okay, moving on. How about this one? won't stay very long on this. That's a tough one. That might take some counseling, which you should. Absolutely a wonderful thing you should do. Prayer, spiritual guidance, whatever. But that's no joke. And Jesus says to love them like I've loved you. And if you don't think that's for that person there, he also says to love your enemies. So Somehow we have to reconcile this thing of love. And we're going to in just a moment. How about this next one? But your supervisor, your boss, they're an idiot. Well, maybe they are. But let's just be honest for a moment. Did you put up the capital to run the business? See, I know from running some stuff, man, listen, let me tell you something. When you got your name on it, you know, it, it matters. You look at things different, do you not, brother? Yeah. When you own something, as far as when you're responsible for it, when it's your butt on the line, when it's your name on it, You treat it differently than you do if you just show up and clock in and clock out. You don't think about them on the weekend. You went fishing. The owner doesn't go fishing on the weekend without thinking about what's going on at the store. Maybe he's an idiot. Maybe she's a bozo. Maybe they just got a lot of stress. Maybe you have no idea what they did to get where they are to give you a job. Just a thought. How about this one? This one's always fun. I struggle with this one big time because I go out of the country and I love it. I mean, people are so sweet to us everywhere we go. You don't want to believe this mess that people hate America. They do not. They love us. Everywhere I go, people just talk to me. Like, I come home and I feel like I'm in the third world country. I'm treated like dirt. Like I'm a citizen. What I want to say, I'm like, I'm an American. Why are you acting this way to me? Do you love them? Let's end on an easy one. Your child. Okay, maybe not so easy for some, but it, it from put aside the stress, it's your baby. You love them. No matter what they've done, you love them so much. So, the easiest person to love on the list, I and mean, it's okay to say it, it's probably your child. The list gets more difficult when more pain is involved. But either way, God calls us to love others and love our enemies. Um, so let me throw this into you as we wrap up today. How do I know if I love him? How do I demonstrate love? How can I understand love? Here's how, because God asks us to give. If he's going to give something, he's not going to let you off the hook. You're going to have to give something too. And the greatest example of love is giving. i am telling you right now, the greatest example of love is giving. Now I'm not talking about the tithe. That's important. You should tithe. Look, I'm no longer a senior pastor. I'm gonna tell you I I I don't have time, but I'm gonna tell you something right now. If you want to bless church, then tithe. If you want to bless pastor, you want the staff to be blessed, you want the church to have movement and God to put his hand on start tithing. Be a blessing to the church. Don't don't just take. Don't just drink coffee and don't do anything. You know, I mean I love you, but don't just sit in a seat and never contribute. Like it's your church. You should serve, give. Those kind of, your time, your talents, your treasures, all that stuff, you should do be a part of that. But those gifts, yes, they are important, but that is not the greatest gift you'll ever give. The greatest example of love is giving, but the greatest expense of love is giving forgiveness. The greatest thing you'll ever give, the, the, the greatest thing, forgiveness is the greatest expense of love. And I wrote this down. This is from um, one of my uh, theological workbooks and things. But this is what it says. I put it on the screen. Forgiveness is the release on the part of the creditor or offended party of any expectation that a debt will be repaid or that an offender will be received punishment for an offense. When describing the removal of an inappropriate offense in this way, the removal does not condone the behavior or suggest approval for the offense. In other words, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to condone it. It's just saying forgiveness is releasing it. I release you. It doesn't mean you're saying it's okay. Somebody abuses you. It does not mean you let it go on. It's not okay. It's absolutely wrong. But you can release them by the power and the grace of God Almighty, his son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who has been shed abroad in your heart by the love of God. You can do it. But you don't have to condone it. But you can do it. Love forgives, it's a simple way to say it. Love forgives, and love does not take advantage of those who forgive. Love gives, but love does not take advantage of those who forgive. So if you forgive someone, and they just keep going over to the same thing, and I know people say this, this is silly stuff that we say as Christians, well, Jesus so Peter how many times did you offend? Well, seven times seven, I guess I just gotta, gotta let him back. That is not what he meant. He meant, look, if he does you wrong, cause we're human, we're gonna make mistakes and do you wrong. Forgive him. He did not mean for you to let them back in and hurt you over and over again. That's not what that says. And that's why the world thinks we're idiots. Because we say things, well, you just got to walk in love. No, you, but that is not what that means. Walk in love means I'll protect my house if necessary. I love you. But love don't mean you get to sit at my table while you hurt me every day. That is not love. And God does not operate like that. So, What are we going to do then? How then? We give by forgiving others. And watch this. We give love to other people. By doing so, we are giving God to them. And then watch this. We give them to God. I am not the Avenger. I'm not Thor. Though I wish, you know, I mean, I wish I had a little more physique like that. But I'm not. I'm not a Captain America. I'm not I'm not a Spider Man. I'm not any of that kind of stuff in the Avenger family. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Trust your situation, give it to the Lord, forgive him, and let it go. So you want to know how to walk in love? Listen this real quick. Ephesians 5 2 says, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and watch, a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. And then he says in Ephesians 5-2, this is, or I'm sorry, I put the reference down for you wrong, but live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us, you, that means he loved us, he loved you, and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So don't you see this? Sometimes you're a sacrifice. It costs to forgive people. You, you, the greatest expense of love is forgiving people. But if you want to forgive people, if you want to really understand this, it's because he himself has forgiven you great. How can I not just release them? So I'm going to show you something here. And Bruce is coming up. You can come on up, Bruce, if you want, wherever you are. But um, this whole idea from Colossians um, is an interesting verse. Colossians 3, uh, 13. And so... This is what the scriptures say. Colossians 3.13. He says this. Make allowances for each other's faults. So first of all, I know, look, maybe I look like I got my stuff together, but I got faults. I'm just ask my beautiful wife right there. And she could list all of them to you. But she loves me anyway. Now, I don't hurt her. I certainly don't intentionally you know, try to hurt her. But there are times when I say things. You know, and it's a weird thing, man. It's like a two-edged sword. The thing that God can use to to instruct and bless and, and proclaim his gospel can also be the same gift that can hurt others. You know, you have to watch the thing that you're so gifted in. It's a two-edged sword. You can be super gifted in athletics, but it also could be your God. You can be great at running a business, but it also can... You see what I'm saying? You... The thing that God gifted you with can also be the thing that can be your, your kryptonite. But I got faults. You have faults. So what does God say? Make allowance. I know you're going to let me down. And I don't mean it to say I don't, I don't, I love you, but I know you're going to hurt me one day. I know you're going to let me down one day. I'm going to disappoint you one day. My father used to say this when he preached, he'd say, if you look at me long enough, long enough, Eventually, at some point, I'm going to let you down because I'm not God. And I can't possibly live up to the standards that you have placed on my life to be that holy. And nor can I do that to you. So what does he say? Make allowance for our faults and then forgive anyone who offends you. That means it wasn't a malicious or evil thing they did to you. It, they messed up. We extend 70 times. You just tell them, that's over and over. I mean, it's a. It, but malicious stuff and evil stuff, that's a different category. You shouldn't be, that's a whole different context there. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Forgiveness does not mean you have to restore the relationship. Now, I want to show you something of this, and, and Bruce, you can start, man. I'm done. I really am. So this is something, so this is my grandmother's. So I made this for her, um, uh I don't know, during the Christmas season or something like that. This is what's called a, Help me if you know the term. It's called a what? Ah, oh, very good. It's a weird word, isn't it? It sounds funny. Charcuterie. You want to say, you want to try to throw the R in the so You say charcuterie. It sounds weird. But, uh, I think that's our Georgia slang on it. It's probably a French word or something, you know. Whoa. It's probably pronounced by uh, the, it's probably, you know, it's probably something from, uh, what's her name? You know, the lady we watched that Piper likes from France, or she went to France. She's from America. but uh, What's her name? that child do every chocolate charrib you know see anyway so but I made this this is out of cedar, and so um I made this out of one of her chests, so she had what's called a hope chest, and the thing was I don't know how old it was she said it's so she was young and maybe it was hand I don't know how old the actual material was, but it had gotten damaged and it was. It was beyond my ability to restore as a, as a trunk. It was really cool how they did it. And you guys who build stuff, you you think this is weird. So the guys would make it and they would rip the wood. Like we rip wood on a saw. It just means we cut it and we make it straight. Now we glue and do stuff like that. Bring it together. Just like this. These are multiple one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, probably ten, twelve strips of wood in here. You can't tell, but it is glued, press and all that kind of stuff. And, what they would do is what they, they would run this thing through the saw and, and instead of it being straight, I couldn't, I can't figure out what this was. Maybe you guys know that, that if you've seen this before, it would cut on an angle. And so what they would do is, let's say it was four inches on one side, it ended at three and a half at the end. They would just flip them. And so what would happen is that little, is it a hexagon, Haley? What is it with the four sides and the, I'll put you on the spot, didn't I, huh? It's a rectangle, but it's not the same. It's ones higher than the lower. That's it. Okay, multiple names. None of us know our (laughs) math. Okay, it's great. Our kids are going to do great. Um, It's okay. The robots are going to do it all anyway. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We don't have to know math anymore. But the here's what I do. It's longer on this side, shorter on that side. Okay, so it was like a diagonal cut. They took and just flipped it so the two sides would actually butt together and they would be straight. So the thing had come apart. It was in multiple pieces like that. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out how to put it back together again. Like, it was literally that Humpty Dumpty. It was just a mess. But it meant something to my grandmother. And so I try to do... Haley says I'm super sentimental. I guess we're figuring this out now that we're trying to sell our farm, move, and, you know, unload everything in our lives that we've accumulated over the last 20 years here. Um, she says, "I'm the mo- you're the most sentimental out of all of us. And I'm, like, I'm not sentimental. She goes, oh, yes, you are. You are very... So anyway, I'm finding that out about myself. But I couldn't put that thing together, so I had to cut the wood and rip it and make them in strips they were even, the way we do it today. And so what I did for her was I built something that she could have out of something that she had before, but in a way, it's new. Like, I couldn't restore what was broken. It was past my ability to repair. So what did I do? I gave her something new. And I'm, the reason I'm sharing that with you because I'm hoping this will drive this point home today about love. For some of you here today, you think love means you've got to repair everything that's broken and put it back together. Like you think that God expects you to forgive people, and that means it's so broken and messed up, you got to forgive them it means you've got to put it all back together, and it's going to be like it was before. And I'm just telling you, That's not always the case. Some things can be restored. And I love doing that. It's fun for me. But sometimes you can't restore something. And in those cases, this is when it is called forgiveness. You give something over to God and you say, God, I can't fix this. I can't restore it. It's past my ability. But I I forgive them, Lord. co-worker, the person, the relationship. I I forgive him. And I'm giving it to you, Lord. And it doesn't look like what you gave him at the the time. Like it's not going to look like when he gives it back to you. Maybe you have peace that goes beyond understanding. Maybe you have a new appreciation and love for someone that you didn't think you could anymore. Maybe God uses you to help pray for other people and you see them delivered or healed or set free. But whatever you do... Don't hold on to something that's broken to the point you cannot use it. Give it to God and give the greatest expense of love, which is forgiveness. And just see what God does with it. Just see what the Lord will do with it today. Let me just say this, because restoration, it takes time, it takes maturity, and it takes attention to detail. And not everybody's cut out for that. And you're sitting here wondering why that person... Won't work it out with you. They're not mature enough. They don't want to take the time to deal with it. They don't want to handle the details of it. So you can't make What are you going to do? The best you can do is forgive. Release it and give them to the Lord. And go from there. Now some relationships you can restore. Some people have the maturity, the time, and want to take the details to go through it. And it work out. And that's great. Not everybody's going to do that for you. So I don't want you today to hold on to anything in your life that you need to let go. So I want to pray for you. And, and, and while I do, I would love for you to just close your eyes bow your heads just for a moment. And as we do, I would love for you just for a moment, if you're here, I'm not going to take long with this, but if you're here and you need to forgive, like you're you're holding on to something, you are... A relationship that didn't go right. You, you've you tried, you've tried, you've tried, and you want it to work. But I'm just telling you, I put this in my notes for a reason. I feel like there's some of you here that you've tried, you've tried, you want it to work. But you can't figure out why. And you're taking all the responsibility and they're taking none. And I'm just telling you, they don't have the maturity or the time or want to give the attention to the details to make it happen. And you're just going to have to forgive them and let it go. And trust God with it. So right where you are, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now. And God, we ask you to speak to our hearts. If there's those that are here right now in the name of Jesus that, that are holding on to hurts, holding on to the grudges, holding on to things that someone did to them, and it's keeping them from being able to love other people. In the name of Jesus, I ask you to help them today to forgive, to release that person just like you released us today. And so in the name of Jesus right now, we're going to pray and we're going to pray all this together. Whether you're in here and you're you're a Christian or you're not a Christian and you want to be a Christian, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. But we're going to forgive and then we're also going to ask God to to forgive us. If you want to accept Christ, you're going to pray this prayer with us. The whole church will pray. I want all of us right now to go through this step, this process of just forgiving other people. So don't you repeat this with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today and I bring to you a great hurt, pain, or a loss in my life. God, this is not easy, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust you in the love that you have for me. I today, I release this person in the name of Jesus and dear Lord. I ask you to help me to let it go. In the name of Jesus, I call upon you and ask you to save me. I ask you to forgive me, Jesus, to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen and amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church, you give him a hand? So Gary's gonna close up, come up and close out, but um I really want you to hear me on this. Like, um, and I'm not taking look, I'm not taking orders anyway. So last time Haley brought a sword up, I made I'm not I'm not taking orders. Uh, well I do have to pay for visas and immigration stuff, so maybe I should take orders. Uh here we go. Anyway, um I, I please, when you walk out those doors, don't take with you any of that. Just leave it here. And just trust God in the process and let him help you with the, with the people around you. Because God needs you to love other people so we can win more people for Christ in this region, in this community. And so, um, anyway, so here comes Gary. He's going to help you out with the rest of the day. So, Amen. y'all welcome Gary to the platform, Amen. please.
1: And make sure if you see Pastor Joe down in the lobby, you wish him happy birthday. It was his birthday on Friday. That's um, that thing on the a board. I had a principal back in grade school, had a paddle almost that big scared the heck out of us i don't think we ever did anything wrong oh gosh as our prayer partners are coming up uh this morning uh just a couple things that pastor jody said and i can agree with wholeheartedly grandkids are the best it's a reward for growing old um and something else too that we'll just talk about immigrants one of the neatest things that uh we've ever been a part of uh, Lane Fernandez isn't here Sherman's here today she's homesick but uh we went down to Atlanta when she uh went through her ceremony and I think it took 10 years or so for her to become a US citizen but one of the neatest things I've ever seen is going down to that ceremony and watching the people who did it the right way the legal way Stand there and how happy those folks were and so many from so many different countries. If you ever get a chance to do that, if you know somebody who's going to go through that ceremony, take the time to go down and do that because that was really, really cool. Um, forgiveness. My wife and I are leaving. We work out at Windshape. Um, we've got a marriage intensive that we do this week. We're leaving this afternoon. There's five couples that are coming. They're probably already on their way to Rome, Georgia. We don't know who they are. Uh, we're going to spend six days loving on them. And the one thing that I find throughout all those things, and the reason I'm sharing that is because of that verse out of Colossians, which I share with those couples every week, um, each one of us, especially in married couples, have faults. There's no getting around it. There's no perfect husband, no perfect wife. Uh, We may have somebody who's really close, but they're not quite there. But unforgiveness is the key to what their marital problems are. If they can forgive each other for what has happened, whether it's infidelity, whether it's addiction, whatever it is, um, God can heal those marriages. But the thing about unforgiveness is it sucks the life and the energy out of you if you don't forgive somebody. Um, we're around those couples, and by the end of the week, we've had so much spiritual energy sucked out of us because of the unforgiveness that's going on there. So if you've got that, take that to heart, what Pastor Jody's message was today. If you need to forgive somebody, get on the phone, get in your car, Go forgive them today because it'll release you. It doesn't necessarily release it releases that in you as well. So let's go ahead and stand. I want to remind you as we do that we thank you for your giving. Continue to do that. We can give online, we can text to give, we can drop in the offering boxes out here as well. Thank you for your continued support. Um also want to remind you uh small groups. Um started this week, but you can still sign up if you didn't get a chance to do that. Jump in on one. We were with the Married Couples one Friday night that we hadn't joined, but we came to it, and we're probably going to join that one as well. So if you um, still have time to do that as well. So we're going to send you out with the Lord's blessing out of Numbers chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you, give you his peace. God bless you. Have a great, great week.